Hi guys, it's Allie from Mystery History Podcast. This summer, we decided to give you guys a little treat, which would be a taste of our Patreon exclusives. We are doing a freaky freebie collection of three different Patreon episodes that you'll be getting on Monday. So we hope you enjoy. And if you'd like to listen to all the other 87 episodes that we have available on Patreon, you can click the link in our bio and it will take you to the site. Thank you. are the mystery history podcast i'm allison i'm rachel i am jordan welcome to the show which is patreon exclusive episode 81 on the wood chipper murder just one murder just one murder thank god Singular. it was a bloodbath <laughs> i'm guessing it got cool backed up after the one body went through it yeah, I mean, probably. no, it probably could have chipped a few more. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we'll get to that. We get it. <laughs> she knows things. <laughs> we'll get there. So thank you all for being a patron to us. Mm-hmm. We appreciate yes. you. Yes, we do. We love you very much. Very, very much. And we're about to talk about this murder with a wood chipper. The singular wood chipper murder. One Uno wood chipper murder. Yes. Who, who would like to uh, to get us started on this crazy journey? I'll go for it. Oh, okay. So, Hella Nielsen was born in on July seventh, nineteen forty seven, in Copenhagen, Denmark. She attended college in England and later worked as an au pair. Was that au pair. Au pair, uh-huh. Au she pair. was a fruit oui, oui. in France. She then got a job as a stewardess with Capital Airways, and she flew many exciting places like Africa and joined or enjoyed the adventure, adventures. Are you Man, drunk? I'm, no, I'm not. Uh, not yet. When she heard that Pan Am World Airways was looking for a stewardess, uh, she applied. She was one of eight candidates that was chosen for a group of 200 and was sent to Miami to do training courses with the company. She stayed in a small hotel near the airport for her training. That's pretty good. This is like back in the day when they wore like cute little outfits. Yeah, yeah, like um, catch me if you can, Pan Am stuff. Like like, that's the movie I think of every time. Yeah, yeah, it looks like very prestigious back then. Yeah, that's cute. And we're gonna get to Pan Am in a little bit, but they had a lot of information on this situation. Like a oh. like a whole thing on it, Pan Am. You know the MetLife building in New York, the like big iconic MetLife building. No, oh, well, can't say you know I what do. MetLife building is that was the old Pan Am building. They built that. Oh, really? And then when they got they went under, MetLife bought it. But it's cool. cool. Like there's a bunch of pictures of the old Pan Am logo on it. It's really yeah. cool looking. It seems like in the even though they're not in business anymore. That's like a role respected name still, if mm. that makes sense. Like, like people know it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Americana kind of. Yeah. Like, that's, I, I feel have like that's... never seen this building in my life. Yeah, you have. You saw it before. But it looks like I should have. It's in like a bunch of movies because it's like at the end of a block in New York City. Wait a second. And 
is when this they like, do like when they do like flyovers of in New York City. <gasps> hold on. Was that New York? Is that Are you heavy on. breathing, Allison? Yes, it's wait, is Adventures in Babysitting? <laughs> I thought that was Chicago. It is, damn it. Yeah. I've never seen it. <laughs> maybe before. like twice. I've never seen this before in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. People seen it, man. You guys are nuts. I don't think so. I'd rather go see the Chicago. I saw the Chicago building in Adventures of Babysitting when it's slanty. The Chicago building. The Hancock you, building? I don't know. <laughs> Did you walk there by yourself? No, I drove past it. And I also drove past the um, Married with Children Fountain. I'm sure it really has a different name. But uh, yeah, that's what I know it as. Huh. Look at you hitting all the major TV and movie spots in the cities you visit. I didn't even mean to do it. it just happened. This is weird. Yeah, no, I don't think I've seen this building before. But interesting. Hmm. What is? Mm. Mm. Okay, so I'll go ahead and go. <laughs> On May 24th, 1969, while Hella was waiting at her motel for a flight, she met Richard Crafts. Hella was 22 at the time, and Richard was 31. Richard Crafts was an airline pilot who was a bit more rough around the edges than your stereotypical pilot. He was 5'8", medium frame, with dark brown hair, which he kept scruffy. He dated stewardesses exclusively and always had a woman around. What dog? Dog. (laughs) Dirty dog. He looks like like Mr. Rogers' older brother. Oh, he kind of does. He has a Mr. Rogers face. Mr. Rogers. (laughs) He's like, this picture you have here, he's like way older than 31, right? He's 31. That's what you look like back then. (laughs) Yeah, I would say he's older um but i don't see him as a scruffy like as they were describing him it was almost like he was one of those bad boys that you'd catch on his hog or something like Mm -hmm. i don't see that here no (laughs) huh slapping at you saying hog (laughs) really pronounced hog 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 He do be looking like Mr. Rogers here. So yeah, I see that. I see it. Yeah. Schmedge Rogers. Before he was a pilot, Richard was in the military and became proficient at flying helicopters. Helicopters are a little different than planes. You know what I'm saying? Especially in a war. Nope. Yeah, no thanks to that. He was certified as a pilot in the late 50s. In 1958, Richard was transferred to Korea and Japan. Where he was, uh, when he was there, he flew a few planes for Air America, which was an organization who was a recognized branch of the CIA, which sounds pretty cool. He returned to the U.S. in 1990, or I'm sorry, 1966, and became a pilot with Eastern in 1968. So Eastern is like American Airlines back then. Oh. Which I've never heard of. Mm-mm. Me either. Hmm. Now we're back to May 24th, 1969. Richard was actually engaged to another woman, but Hella did not mind. She continued to see him even though he was having relationships with other women. They fought often, typically in public, and had an off-again, on-again relationship. Hella's friends had no idea that she, or what she saw in him. Hella was very attractive and could have, any, or could have dated any man she wanted. 
interesting that she would want to stay with this older guy that looks yeah. like Mr. Rogers, like <laughs> off brand. <laughs> really like the sweater vest. Couldn't stay away. <laughs> Makes sense. In 1979, the two got married in Newton, Connecticut. Unfortunately, their fights did not stop after marriage. They escalated, probably because he was seeing other women still, right? I would assume. Mm -hmm. Um, Hella would often be seen in public with bruises on her face. She continued to work as a flight attendant as she raised three of their children, Andrew, who was born in 1980, Thomas in 82, and Christina in 85. After the children were born, Richard would disappear for days at a time and would never say where he was. He would pack his bags and just leave. Days later, he would return. Hello would never know if he was away on business, at a gun show, or somewhere else. Why would he be at a gun show? Because he liked guns. <laughs> uh, so he's he really guns. he really enjoyed guns. Mm-hmm. He just wouldn't stop going to wood chipper conventions. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> a little bit Should've of foreshadowing. Should have seen it coming. Hmm. Seen it coming. Uh, Richard controlled all of the family money, and he made Hella pay for all the house expenses while he spent his money on whatever he wanted. He had projects everywhere with rusted, broken machines sitting in the yard that never seemed to be finished. He sounds like a real a-hole. He's just like an all-around hot mess express. It sounds like it. it. The second picture you posted looks nothing like the guy in the first picture. Oh my (laughs) gosh, he looks like a mess in this picture, doesn't he? He Look at that haircut. Real real emo. Yeah, he's going downhill (laughs) fast. Um, Yeah, that's bad. In 1982, Richard became an auxiliary police officer in Newtown. He was not paid for his time at the department, but he took his job very seriously. He would hang around the police station frequently, and even when he was not on duty, he would respond to calls without authorization, and I feel like that's a no-no. Yikes, yeah. In 1986, he was hired as a police officer in Southbury, which is like a town next to Newtown. His salary was $7 an hour which was far, far less than what he was making as a pilot. So it didn't really make sense. He paid his own way through expensive training seminars, and that gave him instructions on how to follow police procedures. He became almost obsessed with being a police officer. Kind of got weird. He even purchased a 1985 Ford Crown Victoria, which is the same type of car that the Connecticut State Police used. And he used his own money to add multiple radios, antennas, police lights, and a siren. I feel like that's like impersonating a police officer because it's but not he official. was a police officer. It I says know. he was hired as a police officer. Don't you get a car? What I mean, are you I, doing? <laughs> I feel like you do whenever you're on duty, but he felt like he was always on duty. You know what I mean? So he needed- that's a weird... Maybe that wasn't a law back then because, yeah, putting lights on any like civilian vehicles definitely and a illegal. siren. You yeah. feel like use it. you feel like if you pulled up hot into the station and was like, hey guys, check out my ride, they <laughs> would be like, uh, that's not allowed. You're not, not allowed, allowed to, to do, do that. that. <laughs> I'm gonna arrest you for uh, <laughs> thank you for weird. turning yourself in. Yeah, very weird, very, so, very strange. As we said before, Richard would continue to see other people while he was with Hella, and that continued during their marriage. 
Hella was aware of these affairs and tried to tolerate it for the sake of the children. Hella would speak openly about divorce with several of her friends, and in the summer of 1986, she retained a divorce attorney and hired a private detective named Keith Mayo <laughs> to gather evidence against Richard. That's a tough name. This Mayo. Keith Mayo. <laughs> Did you have to... I mean, 1986, that wasn't that long ago. Did you have to gather evidence to divorce somebody back then? I don't think you necessarily had to have evidence, but if you wanted the court to rule in your favor to show that there was, what's it called? Cheating. Adultery then- or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cheating. The technical term. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. Then, then if they could prove that they somebody was cheating, then it would show that it was the other person's fault and they would get awarded more money, especially with her hmm. being a woman during that time. Yeah. With all the kids, I'm sure she would want to get all the cheddar she could. Well, she's probably right. like he's blowing all this fucking money on fake cops. Oh, yeah. No <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. And that's like the same time she hired a detective. Like, yeah. Yeah. come watch this guy. Yeah. So no, November 18th, 1986, friends dropped Hella off at home after she had worked a long flight from Frankfurt, West Germany. That night, a snowstorm hit the area. And the next morning, Richard said he was taking Hella and their children to his sister's house in Westport. When he arrived, Hella was not with him and she was never seen again. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, not good. Over the next few weeks, Richard gave Hella's friends stories as to why they weren't able to reach her. Like she was visiting her mother in Denmark. She was visiting the Canary Islands with a friend or that he simply didn't know where she was. What a mistake. You know, like, your friends talk to your friends, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's such a terrible idea. At least have one lie locked down. Not like she's at her mom's. She's in the islands. I don't know where she at. <laughs> like, everywhere. That's a terrible idea. Um, Hella's friends were aware that Richard had a volatile temper and grew concerned. Hella had even told some of them that if something happened to her, it wasn't an accident. That's pretty telltale right there. Yeah, it's never a good sign. Oh, I didn't. Oh. Anyways, she was reported missing on December 1st, 1986. I hate that. If I was to tell my friends, if something happens to me, it's not an accident. Somebody better get me out of that situation. <laughs> like, I, what? I agree. <laughs> I agree. I And I don't even know if like all of this stuff that Richard was doing getting in with the police was to try to cover his tracks or whatever uh it just doesn't I feel make like sense. people that are like prone to issues join the police force often like i'm not saying all police officers have issues but i feel like there's a lot of like serial killers and a lot of like people that have murdered people that were like very interested in being police officers, which is really bizarre to me. Like why would it be power? Yeah. 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 Power hold something over people. Mm -hmm. So he probably wasn't like preemptively thinking 
how right. can I best cover this up? But just like personality wise, wanting the power. Well, and a lot of the times the people like that feel like they're so much smarter than everybody that there is no way that us mm. dumb folk could figure out what was going on or what happened. Yeah. It's, it's weird too how he just like one day, it seemed like he just one day woke up and was like, I'm going to be a police officer now. Yeah. Yeah. When like, you have like very, a nice pilot job, like, yeah. doesn't really make sense. No. No. So, and she was reported missing, just a fun fact, five days before I was born, literally, mm-hmm. literally born. Literally born. <laughs> All True. right. Keith Mayo was convinced, because obviously he'd been watching this crazy cat for a while, that Richard had something to do with her disappearance. Since he was a volunteer and part-time police officer in Southbury, Mayo could not get the local police to investigate him for murder, hence kind of what we were talking about. Did he do this so that they wouldn't think he was a suspect? The county prosecutor eventually referred the case to the Connecticut State Police. On December 26th, while Richard was vacationing, because uh, that's what you do when your wife is missing, um, right. <laughs> vacationing with his kids in Florida, troopers searched his house. Inside, they found pieces of carpet taken from the master bedroom floor. The family's nanny, which I always was thinking about that. Like, if they were a pilot and a stewardess, who was watching these damn kids? Yeah. Like, you go into That's why you stopped being a pilot. You go into Germany. You know he ain't doing shit. He's working on his crown Vic in the garage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You ain't wrong. Uh, um, Anyway, they have a nanny. Thank God. Um. And she recalled that a dark grape-sized fruit stain had appeared in an area of the carpet. Grapefruit is a very weird thing to size something up with. You said, said grape-sized fruit <laughs> stain or something. <laughs> grape-sized fruit. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that means, man. Okay, so that is very confusing what I said. Not grape, <laughs> not a grape sized, but a grapefruit sized. Yeah. Cocktail fruit. <laughs> uh, how do you come back from that? Uh, anyway, this this grapefruit stain appeared in an area of the carpet and it later went missing. There was blood smear on the side of the mattress and Henry Lee led the forensic investigation. I want you to know I've been under a lot of stress. <laughs> Yo, that's how I size my Okay, things. That's about six grapes. <laughs> Grape-sized fruit stain. <laughs> I had to guess. That's about 18 grapes right there. Oh, no. oh shit. Okay. Uh, Richard's credit card records showed he made several weird purchases around the time that Hella vanished including a freezer that was not found in the house, bed sheets, a comforter, and a rented wood chipper. Not super weird. Not super (laughs) weird. If somebody was murdered, you know what I mean? (laughs) Where's freezer? Murdered. They don't know. Yeah, he just bought it. He's like, I don't need that shit. Dump it. Among the papers provided to a private investigator, there was also a receipt for a chainsaw. The chainsaw was later found in Lake Zor, covered in hair and blood that matched Hella's DNA. Oh, here it goes. 
Hey, gum. That's not good. Joseph Hine, a local man who worked for the town of Southbury and drove a town snow snowplow in the winter, <laughs> said that on November 18th, hours after Hala had last been seen, he was plowing roads during the snowstorm and noticed a rental truck with a wood chipper attached parked close to the shore of Lake Zor. That is like Dr. Seuss. The shore <laughs> of Lake Zor. <laughs> That's a lot. This is not okay. This seems like a very elaborate way to get rid of a body. Like, let me buy a freezer, a chainsaw, a wood chipper. Let me rent this truck and I'm going to drive over to the lake. Like, and if you would have down, if you would have planned the weather better, I mean, it was a snowstorm. So, that mean, if you would have planned the weather, (laughs) you know how weather works. He could have just stuck her outside and then it would have been yeah. to buy a freezer. What's right. He doing? That's what I'm trying to say here. That's probably what happened. He was on the way home and it started snowing. He's like, oh, ah. shit. Ditch the freezer. <laughs> just bought this for nothing. What a mess. <clears throat> okay. Here we go. Hines reported what he had seen to police after they searched the craft's house. Jordy, lock it up. Yeah. He led detectives to the location where they examined the water's edge and found a small piece of metal and three ounces of human tissue. That's like not very much, right? That's like one grape. I feel (laughs) that's at least half a fourth of a grapefruit. Okay. Uh, Oh, three ounces. (laughs) Jeez. Thank you for being a patron. Thank you. <laughs> also, we should not be laughing like this. Somebody no, died. Somebody okay. died, and we're so sorry about it. But three ounces of human tissue. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of ounces for human tissue. A, yeah, that's a, a that's like scraping. Like that's, a... that's like I want to Google what that looks like because I feel I don't like think you do want to do that a lot. <laughs> Don't I don't this. think that's very. I don't much. know. I don't know. I feel huh. like that's all quite a bit, quite a bit of ounces. I think one ounce is quite a bit, honestly, yeah, of human. One ounce uh, too many. Yeah, human tissue. Let's uh-huh. look at a three ounce chicken breast. No, that's gross. because that's similar, right? Never gonna eat chicken again. Never mind. It's a decent <laughs> amount. Okay, <laughs> proceed. And it's not like solid. I'm sure it's goopy. She was went through a wood chipper, man. Yeah. So okay. Oh my god, she's getting the measuring poops. No, I'm not. My dryer <laughs> off. <laughs> measuring cups. You can't. What do you say it like that? Measuring cups. <laughs> it's a the decent best time. amount. I just want everybody to know it. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> three ounces is. Three ounces too many of human tissue. They then found a crown of a tooth. Could you imagine yeah. walking along the beach and oh, there's a crown of a tooth. And a fingernail covered in pink nail polish. I don't know why, but fingernails, like the idea of finding fingernails. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. More than a tooth, you think? Or like, yeah. or what yes. about human tissue? Three ounces about? Fingernails is too much for me because somebody's fingernail <laughs> off their face. Stop it. 
three ounces. I don't know. Let's say three ounces of it. <laughs> About a chicken breast. Uh, <laughs> I can't. Okay. We lost all control of this conversation. <laughs> okay, let me finish. This, okay. This led police. Wait, I'm not done. No, they found bone. they found bone <laughs> chips. And think about this: twenty six hundred bleached blonde human hairs. Somebody's so somebody counted a bunch of those. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit! That sucks. That would suck. That would suck. Yep. And type O blood, which was the same as Hella's. Okay. <sighs> this led police to conclude the remains had likely been fed through a wood chipper that Richard, Ugh. surprisingly, had been seen towing. Additionally, a chainsaw that contained traces of human hair and blood was found underwater. Why is it under there? And the serial code markings <laughs> were scrubbed away. But they were able to recover the outline of the serial code by applying some forensic acid, which is pretty sweet. And the code matched that on the receipt found by the investigators confirming that Richard was the owner of the chainsaw. Bet he didn't see that coming. I wonder why if the chainsaw didn't do the trick and then that's why he got the wood chipper. No. No, he cut her into pieces to fit her in the wood chipper. But yeah. why would you just continue to use the chainsaw? Because it's hard. It's a wood chipper. Wood that's just like are gonna be way smaller than just yeah. chainsawing something. Yeah, it's like yeah, mint. but I feel like I feel like you're like getting too many things involved here. Like well, well that's what I'm saying. He made this way more difficult than it needed. Yeah, to be. he included too many uh things. Elements going on thrown her in the river or the right. lake. We're in the in the lake with yeah. And he's like in. running all around town, towing a fucking wood chipper around Dumb. Like... hair hanging out of the back of it. Yeah. <laughs> Dumb what an idiot. Not a good cop there, guy. No, he should know better. So investigators concluded that Richard had struck Hella in the head with a blunt object twice. How? 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 How How did they know twice? Bang, bang. Twice. (laughs) Somebody explained to me how they saw her wood chippered remains and they were like, he hit her in the head twice. Because the next sentence that says because of the staining on the carpet. The grapefruit so size because of the stain. <laughs> grape sized fruits in the bedroom. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that stained the carpet with blood. He then kept her body in the freezer for hours until she was frozen solid. So eventually, he got that freezer home. Yeah, but where is it still? Nobody knows. Probably know. at the bottom of the lake. In the mystery yeah, that lake. He then cut her apart with the chainsaw and put pieces through the wood chipper projecting her <laughs> fragmented remains into the truck and shoveling them out onto the shore. That is fucking demented. Cold-blooded. This that guy. is like, holy shit. And what I was thinking whenever I was doing these notes is he struck her, okay, twice over the head. She probably wasn't dead. Mm-hmm. Right? When I mean... Yeah. Yeah, yeah she had to have been. I don't think so. She could have been knocked out and then you froze I mean, to death, right? I, I mean, that could happen. Hit in the head pretty fucking hard and die. Like, I don't know, man. Um, ho- let's hope she was dead because, man, that's terrible. Isn't alive isn't it? This. Yeah, yeah yes. that's not okay. In order for the prosecution to try for homicide, it requires an official determination of the death of the alleged victim, which was typically done with a body. 
The body was not available in this case, but with the help of forensic dentists, the tooth crown that was found at the water's edge was positively matched to Hella's dental records. The, uh, this evidence was enough to, for the Connecticut State Medical Examiner's Office to issue a death certificate on January 13th, 1987. Richard was immediately arrested, as he should have been. Isn't that nuts, though? Like They needed a... Yeah, this is the first case. I don't have it. I don't think I have it in here anywhere, but this is the first case that they've ever tried anybody for murder without a body. And really? yeah. Hmm. And if they wouldn't have found this tooth, they probably wouldn't have gotten him. Holy shit. It's like a needle even in a with all, They're so Even lucky. with all the other stuff, like she yeah. can't, you can't you prove anything. Right. Yeah. Cause there's no body saying she's dead. I wonder when they started like using dental records too. They ha- it had to be kind of a new thing. I'm sure it was in the yeah. in the eighty seven probably at this point. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't have like uh, crazy forensic science back then. So yeah, yeah. So it's just like just by so if he the... did it like if he did it twenty years or ten years earlier, they, he might have got away. Gotten like, away with yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Or if or if that tooth, you know, if all of the pieces mm-hmm. made it into the, I mean, yeah. Yeah. crazy and heinz if this heinz character wouldn't have seen, seen all of this him. stuff yeah. n- nobody would have known to look there Mm-mm. so it all is kind of just pieced just perfectly yeah so in preparation for the trial state medical examiner h wayne carver got a pig carcass and fed it through a wood chipper the shape of and marks on the pig's bone chips after this were similar to the shape of Hella's bone fragments, strengthening the hypothesis that Richard had used a wood chipper to dispose of his wife's body. Richard's murder trial began in May 1988 in New London and ended in July with a hung jury. What? Me. A second trial in Norwalk ended in a guilty verdict on November 21st, 1989. Richard was sentenced to 50 years in prison. Is that all you get for killing your wife? That's insane. That is, isn't it? That I feel like if you like murder enough. someone, you should, unless it feels like accidental, yeah, I mean, you should get not life. But if you like go out Cold and blood. kill someone, yeah, yeah, you should be go away. Well, forever. it's all just like, you know, circumstantial. They probably you know, like maybe somebody used his credit card and do 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 like throw a fucking wood chipper, put him, kill him. I'd say an <laughs> eye for an eye. You know, what I'm yeah. I feel like I guess like everything is always just like based on the circumstances because you know, I mean, there's like women that are in prison for killing somebody that was like beating and raping them on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. I don't think those people should be in prison at all. <laughs> and then yeah. this guy, but 50, 50 years, I mean, he could still be alive, right? He is. <laughs> like, that doesn't seem like you should be hanging out. I don't know. Anyways, so in January 2020, Richard, who was 82 at the time, was released from prison and sent to a transitional housing program. I mean... When you're 82, you can't do nothing to nobody. Right. He was released about 15 years early than earlier than his original 50 year sentence. Per a DOC spokeswoman, he received early release because of an old sentencing law known as statutory good time, 
which allows for large amounts of time to be taken off prisoner sentences for good behavior or doing well at jailhouse jobs. Kraft also got credit for the three years he spent in lockup between his arrest and sentencing. Yeah. So, so I say good luck to you, Richard being 82 and trying to figure out how to use a cell phone. Yeah, seriously. Good. Cause I don't even know. And I mean, like, <laughs> can you think about that? Like he's, being he's in probably jail, like at a nursing home, right? Probably. Could he afford a nursing home? They well, it says transitional like, housing. So it's probably like a, like a, yeah, this they is a transitional house to take care of you. just so he can function in the outside world. Like, right. Yeah. It's not a, place like, to stay until you living, die assisted living no and that's that's almost like there are state-run a, places to take care of old people i feel like almost not that he doesn't deserve it but at that point letting somebody out when they're 82 is kind of cruel and unusual punishment if you know what yeah. i'm saying like how, chopped up somebody i know but but think about that like he can't do anything to anybody but to be institutionalized for that long of your life and then be 82 years old, probably not all the way there, maybe. Mm-hmm. And like just being thrown out on the streets. Like, can you imagine being his children? No. Can we just talk about that? No. Yeah, like, I forgot do you go kids. pick That's up your nice. old ass dad who murdered your mom? Like, probably not. But like, also, what do you I do? Yeah. What do you do? Feel guilty about it? <laughs> probably, which sucks yeah that's terrible yeah that is terrible and i'm assuming they didn't think he was gonna live that long to be 82 because typically you don't live that long in prison something gets you usually i would think but Mm. yeah so he's out now um i couldn't find anything else other than just that he was going to that transitional housing program um but yeah he's out and about in the world yeah. Maybe. Maybe or by he, now. He might have died by now. Yeah. I don't know. So. Who knows? Interesting. Um, yeah, he's a bad guy. Yeah. Cold-blooded. I could not imagine feeding a body through a wood chipper. That just seems like... No. Like, that's, like, in the movies shit. Not stuff that, like actually happens like it reminds me of tucker and dale versus evil like you don't I, yep, actually freaking mm-hmm. do that like that doesn't actually happen when i guess and uh you know how they brought fargo back i've never watched any of fargo but it's in alaska um and they do a episode like this where somebody gets put through a wood chipper, wood chippered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah see just but, in the movies and the tv friends yeah so just to cite my sources, I was talking about Pan Am. They had a lot of information. Uh, so Pan Am, flat, not slash, what is that? A dash world.org. And then uh, current.com, story.html. That might be the same one. Wiki.com and newyorkdailynews.com. So all of those had bits and pieces of this wood chipper murder and just again whenever we're laughing it is not about the victim no no we're just not we are just ridiculously we apparently can't be in a room together i remember trying to make light of it 
Well, do, Allie, do you remember <laughs> being at your sis, your stepsisters? Um, like, <laughs> oh my God, she was like at a performance or something. Do you remember this? Like it, that was the point when I realized that we cannot be okay. Cause we were listening to like performances <laughs> and then there was a Santa Claus guy, like a Santa Claus looking guy, a couple rows ahead of us. And anytime we looked at each other, we would freaking crack up laughing. I don't know why. Cause of the Santa Claus guy. Cause we didn't speak quiet. any words. No, there were no words. We would just look at each other and lose it. And and people are performing and we're like dying. I think I almost peed my pants. And I'm like, this is so inappropriate. Like I I cannot. We can't be I don't together. know. I can't be near you. Any we were talking serious situations, unacceptable. We were talking today about how George, Rachel, and I are like, um, what's the movie? Super bad. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm the chunky crazy <laughs> one and she's the skinny crazy one. And because I, I watched Book Smart on Hulu and asked her if she'd seen it because they kind of reminded me of you and me a little bit. And I was like, but nothing compares to super bad. Like we are super bad 100%. <laughs> we are. And we Not even okay. boop, boop each other's noses when we spend the night. <laughs> <laughs> which we still spend the night as like we do don't judge us children <laughs> i was thinking about that on the way home today from work because we were talking about super bad like whenever i'm 80 is that the movie i'm gonna be watching like on christmas with my kids like oh let me show you an oldie that i really like like and there's yeah. a, a book of dicks like <laughs> how how's that gonna go <laughs> Because it's not like we have wonderful life and shit like back in the old days. I mean, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know. Hmm. This is a classic. I'm kind of worried about it. <laughs> It'll hmm. be a different world. I mean, I I don't know. Like, my children will be used to things like that by then, right? Or they'll probably think, like, it's so so stupid. Like, Mm-hmm. you know like probably um, it like monty python well. <laughs> yeah like monty python probably to our parents was funny and then to us some people like we really enjoy it but other kids like this is dumb you know yeah, like like not funny old. yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know yeah. time will tell we'll see all right well yep. we hope you enjoyed this episode 81 on the wood chipper murder and again mm-hmm. we thank you for your patronage And we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.